What's up? It's your girl Sequoia, and you are on BE the Code with founder and CEO of Tinsel, Ania Williams, who makes wearable technology jewelry for women. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. <laughs> Tell me more about the product. Yeah, so our first product is uh, what we call the Dipper Audio Necklace. Okay, is that um, what you're wearing? I am wearing it right now. It's a necklace that transforms into your headphones. So inside of the pendant of this necklace uh-huh. are earbuds. And in the back, there's actually a little clasp that you can take out and plug into your phone. So basically when you're ready to get your headphone on and like listen in style, you go ahead and like take them out and use them. It has like all the full functionality of a pair of headphones. And then when you're done, you put it away and go back to being that lady boss type. I love this. So where are you guys currently with the product? Yeah, we just started shipping um, units a couple months ago. Okay. Um, but we've been around for a couple years. And most of that time has obviously been in making the product and manufacturing it. Okay, perfect. And then within that time frame, what have been some of your hurdles? Because you have an actual product. Yeah. And that's yeah. usually like the difficult part of, of tech, right? It's, what are some of those hurdles? Yeah, it's definitely not for the, the faint of heart. Um, let's see, some of the challenges, I don't think we have enough time to cover all of them. I will say <laughs> um, that manufacturing, especially internationally, we make our product in China. Mm. Um, and me and my co-founder have been there a number of times um, to handle things in the production of this product. Uh, It's very interesting process. There's a lot of things that you can't predict that are gonna come up that you just would not have been able to anticipate. Mm -hmm. And then you have to deal with the cultural barrier of manufacturing um, and just kind of, you know, the way that they think versus the way that you think. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the fact that we're combining two things that are not often combined, like the aesthetics of jewelry and electronics are could not be more different. Um, And so just making those two things coalesce has been a real interesting challenge, but we've, we've kept going at it and it's really, it feels really good to be able to wear it and see other people wearing it and getting excited about it. So you've had a lot of publicity around this. I've seen it in all kind of situations. <laughs> Magazines have covered it. Tell me about how you're getting that publicity. Yeah, um, well, we have a great team of people that have been out there advocating for us. Um, and also we have a great base of people who are our early adopters and have been out there just singing the praises of this new product that they're super excited about. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I started this company was because I felt like we we as women were not getting products designed with us in mind. Like electronics, we're always getting some clunky thing that they made pink and we're supposed to love that, but we don't love that. It's the only choice we have. I think we deserve better. Um, and so I think that that message really resonates with the women who have been purchasing and wearing their dippers. And it just, you know, you feel bad walking down the street wearing it and then you feel even more bad when you like get to take it out and use it and make your life easier so it's a really really awesome experience not just a product you know that is so cool so with that being said I know we did an accelerator together yeah Mm -hmm. but I saw that you also did code 2040 so tell me about that experience yeah yeah I still work with code 2040 now I'm doing a residency I'm an entrepreneur in residence with them here in San Francisco there are seven of us throughout the entire United States and um, it's been really great. I work with the Galvanize um, 
uh, community um, out of San Francisco. And basically what I do is I work with their campus on diversity initiatives. Like there are two really main things that we focus on. One is providing more opportunities for people to get jobs in tech. And that's people of color, like black and Latinos, to get more jobs in tech. And then the other thing is really supporting black and Latino entrepreneurs. Um, And so one of the biggest things that I've been trying to ramp up that I'm hoping we'll be doing in March is an event that really is centered around giving entrepreneurs of color a toolkit to really build a successful business. Like all of the things that I wish that I knew or had accessible to me when I started this company that I had to learn the hard way, um, I would like to allow people to kind of stand on the the mistakes that I've already made and be able to just like move that further ahead. Like I really, really believe that there should be more of us out there doing things like this. So love it. And what does your fundraising process look like? Yeah. Oh man. Fundraising has been, it's been an uphill battle overall. And so that also is one of the things that is motivating me to do this event is that I feel like we all kind of feel very dependent on the idea that we need to raise venture capital to build our companies. Um, And many of us as people of color do not necessarily come with those networks of friends and family that can just write us checks to help us get things started. And so we have to be very resourceful and very creative. Right. Um, And so that has kind of been a theme of building Tinsel as well is like, how do we make something out of nothing or very little, I should say. Um, And so in terms of raising venture capital, uh, I was really fortunate because when I first started, the company I was working at at the time, um, this company called Voxer, uh, the CEO actually became our first angel investor. Like that was the first check that I got that I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna do this full time. Mm. Um, and then getting other investors on board has been like, you know, the the typical thing I'm sure that you've heard lots of stories about already I don't want to dive too much into that I'm like I could tell that on a on a different time um but I will say this um really thinking through how we can be cash positive from day one is something that should be on the minds of really anybody starting a business today but like especially founders like us because I just think that it's it's already a challenge right now to raise money regardless of who you are but when you add in the layer of the fact that we don't come with the same kind of networks and we don't look the same way that a lot of founders look um, you really have to be thinking about how your company is generating revenue because at the end of the day can nobody tell you if you're making money exactly there you go I love all of that I think that's so important that was actually something so I was out at 500 startups they had an inclusion and diversity conference yesterday that I hosted yeah I heard about it and Morgan Debon was talking about that with Blavity Mm -hmm. like same situation like they made sure that they were generating revenue and had like a lot of users before they even touched VC money yeah I am so happy that you pointed that out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's easier said than done, but I think that it's possible. And like, really, that is what needs to be at the forefront of the minds. I think that there's been a theme in building startups in the last few years that's mostly just been about like trying to get, you know, traction, um, whatever that looks like. Typically, that is something that does not include people actually paying for your product. Right. And that's fundamentally a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. (laughs) 
so and then you have like so this company going on all these things yeah and you just had a new addition to the family oh my gosh yeah so if i as if i wasn't crazy enough um <laughs> trying to build a hardware product i also have a baby yeah she just turned one uh a couple weeks ago and she's magical she's like the best baby ever um and it's been crazy to think that like you know I so I actually I I got pregnant um what like maybe about seven six or seven months into me building tinsel okay it wasn't necessarily the plan at the time but you know it happened and I'm like okay we're rolling with it this is this is what's going down um and you know so I've been either pregnant or a mom for more of this time having this company than not which is kind of crazy to think but I think that really at the end of the day like having a good support system both at work and at home is like what it all boils down to Mm -hmm. like having a team that you can trust and then at home my husband is a huge help and his mother is like the MVP behind the entire operation (laughs) who also helps us with you know getting her to and from daycare and all of those other things because our schedules are crazy and we need that that extra help too so it's it's so clutch it's very important that's so cool but tell yeah. us because there was like this whole viral story that was going oh my around. Gosh. yeah oh my okay so abridged version is that um my husband and i delivered noe that's what we call her for sure her name's noemi uh we delivered noe at home she we didn't make it to the hospital the emts didn't make it on time um I had been in labor at home for like you know 11 hours but I was like anticipating it was gonna be like a 24-hour process or more this is what everybody was telling us and so um you know we called the hospital they told us to wait a little bit longer before we came in Uh and I got uh in the tub because they said that the water would help Mm, okay and then from like the moment I got into the tub till the moment that my husband had my daughter in his hands was like 20 minutes oh my gosh I got in the tub, my water broke, the hit the fan, and 20 minutes later, a baby was born, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I just kept thinking about a few days before I went to the to my OB, and she was like, you know, childbirth is like one of the things you don't have to learn. Like, it's miraculous. Your body knows what to do. So when it was going down, I'm just like, dude, this does not happen to people. Is this really happening to me? My body knows what to do. My body knows what to do. I really hope she's right because I have no idea. Like, it was crazy. It was insane. But then when did your husband have time to tweet the whole thing? That was after. Which, by the way, some people thought he was live tweeting. And I'm like, um, he would not be alive to tell that story. If he was over there tweeting while all this was happening. <laughs> Hell no. no. But it went viral because I remember seeing like this tweet chain after and he was yeah. like, telling it step by step by step. And then all of these media outlets picked it up. It was so crazy. And it's funny because it was like when we were getting ready to leave. The, so we went to the hospital immediately afterward. The EMT show up. And they took us to the hospital. We did like our whole little postpartum period there. Okay. And uh, which also was funny, like walking into the hospital with the baby in hand. Uh And they're just like, wait, are those the people that we just told like to wait at home for another hour? Because like we just (laughs) talked to them like 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, when we were in the hospital getting ready to leave, I was just like, oh, man, it would be funny if you like, you know, tweeted the story of what happened because I just thought like our friends would get a laugh out of it because okay. it was like a kind of a crazy story. And like, I didn't even realize how crazy it was until we got to the hospital and all the people at that labor and delivery were freaking out. And I'm just like, OK, so this is like a thing like mm. this isn't a thing that just happens to people. Um, 
And so, yeah, and people, more people liked it than we imagined. It was like, someone even sent us a screenshot. They were like in Taiwan and it was like in a Taiwanese newspaper. It had like our picture on it. And then just like all these characters you couldn't recognize, but they're just like, dude, you guys are international. And I'm like, are you kidding? It was so crazy. Technology. Yeah, right? Oh my goodness. So what are next steps for Tencel? Yeah, so next steps are we are, we're, we're trying to get more visibility, get out there. We're still really, really, really small in this entire space of, of companies doing stuff, making products, especially electronics. Um, so trying to get the name out there, what we're doing and our message of, you know, we should be designing better electronics for women. Uh-huh. Um, and we're also working on a couple new products too. So okay. um, this necklace that I'm wearing right now, it's a wired necklace. It has the headphone jack that you plug into your, your phone. Um, okay. But for those of the people out there with iPhone 7s or right. whatever you like, right. the Bluetooth life, we're working on a Bluetooth concept. It's like a different oh, nice. form factor. Um, and we're really stoked about that. We're prototyping that now. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Anaya. It was yeah. my pleasure yeah. to have you up here. It's Sequoia with Anaya, CEO and founder of Tinsel on BE The Code. Thank you.